This work has to be finished before Jesus comes. And, you know, just like Jesus said in his day when he was on earth, if we don't do it, the rocks will cry out. Somebody will do it. And it might as well be us. We're the ones that are supposed to do it. And uh, it will be done. Now here's the prediction about the last days found in Zechariah 13, verse 1. In that day, when it says that, it's talking about the last days. There shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. So the imagery here is that there is a cleansing fountain that's going to spring up and the result of that cleansing fountain is to bring healing both spiritually and physically. God's people are to become that fountain. And, of course, Jesus showed what it was like when he was on earth. Many of the prophecies in the Old Testament had dual application. They applied to what Jesus would do in that day when Jesus would come. But they also applied to Seventh-day Adventists just before Jesus comes that we would do the ministry that Jesus did to help people both physically and physically. And spiritually. <coughs> In Councils on Health, it takes Joseph and Daniel as examples of what we are called to do. Page 209, it says, Wonderful is the work which God designs to accomplish through his servants, that his name may be glorified. Now, here is often the problem that those who are in the medical field allow people to glorify them. But this was never to be the plan. The glorification of medical missionary work is to go to him, to God. And when it's done right, it's obvious that it wasn't us. <laughs> it was God that did it. And so the glory can go to him. God made Joseph a fountain of life to the Egyptian nation. So here's another example of what uh, a fountain is supposed to do. Through Joseph, the life of that whole people was preserved. Imagine, you know, the whole world would have perished in that famine if it hadn't been for Joseph. And Joseph was used by God <coughs> through some very difficult circumstances to become this fountain that would save his own family and would save all the Egyptians and anyone that was dependent on them. Through Daniel, God saved the life of all the wise men of Babylon. So he was a fountain as well. And both of these men are examples, as well as Jesus, for Seventh-day Adventists in the end of time. 
Now let's just think of uh, Joseph, for instance. His activity had to do with food. And Seventh-day Adventists are to have a big ministry through food because people are destroying themselves by what they eat. And God is working through us, teaching us how we should eat, and now we are to help them. And you've probably at least heard of the film. Maybe you've seen it, Forks Over Knives. And that demonstrates without question that the best way to be healthy is to eat right. And so that's our, our work, to instruct the world. It, like Joseph saved them through food, we are to also save them. And the purpose of it, of course, <coughs> is that they will get the spiritual food as well. But the mind has to be clear <coughs> in order for them to do that. And these deliverances were as object lessons. They illustrated to the people the spiritual blessings offered them through connection with God, whom Joseph and Daniel worshipped. So the, the message came through clearly through these two men. It was the God of Daniel, it was the God of Joseph that, you know, gave the wisdom and gave the understanding so that they could accomplish a wonderful mission. Now, just in case we would miss it, it says, So, through his people today, God desires to bring blessings to the world. Every worker in whose heart Christ abides, everyone, who will show forth his love to the world is a worker together with God for the blessing of humanity. Now we have tended, you know, as a church to put a lot of emphasis on sharing our faith, going door to door, talking to people about having Bible studies or having you know, a, a survey in which they get invited to certain things. But that wasn't to be the main program for God's people. The main program was blessing people, helping people in a variety of ways. And food is a big one. Uh, various other health uh, issues are a big one. And we are to watch for people that we can help. If we are involved in helping them, then we're involved in medical missionary work. It might be in some very simple forms, but we are actually uh, helping them. And we're showing forth his love to the world. As he receives from the Savior grace, to impart to others, from his whole being flows forth the tide of spiritual life. So the two are not separated. As we carry out medical missionary work, there is a spiritual impact that is made. And just recently, I've 
had an experience. I go down to the town square, and so I, I started joining him. And this past Sabbath, there was another pastor there that shared his uh, story of how God converted him and how he came to Christ. And it was a very powerful testimony. So after the meeting finished, I went up to him and I said, I really appreciated your testimony. And right about that time, the other pastor was walking by and he said, there's hot dogs over here. And uh, he was trying to get everybody to come over and eat the hot dogs. I said, are they vegetarian hot dogs? And uh, <laughs> of course they weren't. But the pastor that I was talking to, he said, oh, I'm a vegan. And so that opened the door to, you know, talk with him. I found out he had a Seventh-day Adventist friend, and he wanted to come visit Wildwood. So I said, well, you come. I'll give you a tour. You know, you just never know when some opportunity to benefit somebody is going to be there. But you have to be on the lookout for those constantly. And when God sees that you're doing that, he opens up opportunities for us. As he receives from the Savior grace to impart to others from his whole being flows forth the tide of spiritual life. Christ came as the great physician to heal the wounds that sin has made in the human family. And his spirit working through his servants, Seventh-day Adventists now, imparts to sin-sick, suffering human beings a mighty healing power that is efficacious for the body and the soul. Notice, body and soul. As we study the ministry of Jesus, we see that he did not primarily work in a spiritual line. He primarily worked in helping people physically and emotionally and to lift their burdens and to care about them. Uh, one of the church members has been sick at our church, had quite a bit of pain, and it's been on my mind, you know, to ask her how she was doing, but I, this week's been really busy. So on the way down, I asked my wife to contact her. And she said, wow, it's so nice to find out somebody cares how I feel. You see, just, just something simple like this makes a difference. And then if we know how to be a medical missionary as well, then we can even add some other things many times. That's the way Jesus worked. And you don't have to be a physician to do it. In one way... Jesus was not a physician. You see, he didn't have any training to be a doctor. But he was a medical missionary, and he's called the great physician because of the ministry that he had. There's another prophecy in Zechariah 13, verse 1, and it's quoted there, and then uh, it says this. The waters of this fountain 
contain medicinal properties. So the fountain that we read about there in Zechariah 13.1, it has medicinal properties, not just spiritual, although, you know, spiritual medicine is good too, but it has both. That will heal both physical and spiritual infirmities. Now I was reading one time in regard to one of the miracles that Jesus worked, and I came across a sentence, I can't quote it exactly, but the idea that it gave was before he can heal physically, he has to heal spiritually. And so many times the reason people are sick is due to a spiritual problem. And yet, if you come to them on a spiritual plane, they may not accept what you ha are trying to do. So we approach them in the physical line, but before they can actually get healing, they have to accept the spiritual part as well. From this fountain flows the mighty river seen in Ezekiel's vision. So here's another prophecy in Ezekiel about the medical missionary work that's going to take place in the end of time by Seventh-day Adventists primarily. But, you know, if we don't do it, in fact, I see evidence that other people are getting involved because we haven't been doing enough. And so other people are, are seeing the picture and they're, they're starting to get involved. However, nobody can do it like we can. We understand the whole picture, or at least we could understand the whole picture. Here's that prophecy. It's very interesting. Starting in Ezekiel 47, verses 3 and 4. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. So here we are looking at a river, and uh, it takes a thousand uh, cubits, and, and you walk a thousand cubits, and the water is only up to your ankles. It's not a very deep river, is it? Because it's just beginning, just beginning. Uh, this prophecy traces the development of medical missionary work. And at first, it's only up to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. So now it's getting deeper because there are more Adventists getting involved in medical missionary work. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through. The waters were to the loins, or the waist, you'd probably say. Keeps getting deeper. Why? Because more people get involved and more people are being helped, and so the river gets bigger and deeper. Afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over. In other words, if you were going to go over, you had to swim because it was too deep to walk. 
for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. At the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Have you noticed along a river how healthy the trees are? They just get plenty of water, and even in a drought, unless the river totally dries up, you know, the trees by the river, they are green and healthy. Well, that river is to be the activity of Seventh-day Adventists through medical missionary work. And anyone that is near that river gets blessed. They, they have a better life. They are able to uh, be healthier, both physically and spiritually, because of their connection with us. Now, also, I've been going to another meeting in the town of Trenton. It's called uh, Family Connection, and they invite all the people that are interested in benefiting the community. And so I attend there, and it's been probably a year that I've been going or close to it, and I just sit there and listen, and maybe I get to talk to some people. But just recently, I started feeling impressed. You need to ask them if you can speak, because you always have a speaker. And so uh, I almost did it one day, and it didn't seem right, so I waited. But the next time I went, it's once a month they meet. The lady said, now, we've used up all the speakers for last year, and we're ready to uh, have new speakers, and if any of you want to speak, let me know. So I went right up to her, and I told her I'd like to tell them about the ministry of Wildwood Lifestyle Center and the ministry of our church in regard to health. And so uh, she wrote me this week, and said, the speaker I had planned for August has canceled. Can you take it? So I'm going to be talking to them about medical missionary work. And uh, I, I can't predict fully what will happen, but I think they're going to be a lot more interested in what we do after I have that talk. And please pray you know, that God will guide with what gets said. But you see, this is connecting with a lot of the people who are leaders in the community in different aspects. And I don't think I told you this, but if I did, it won't hurt to tell you again. An earlier time, uh, right after the meeting was over, a lady came up to me and she said, I want to open a new chapter of our organization. She was from Four Points. And one of their ministries is to help people who are taking care of grandchildren or if uncles are taking care of children, to help them. And uh, both, you know, legally and um, encouraging them and so on. So she said, I would like to... Uh, come to your church and have it at your church once a month. I thought, wow, this is interesting that she wants to use an Adventist church 
and she hardly knew me at all. Um, but I said, well, come on over and, you know, look at the facility and we'll talk about it. So I told her when she came, I said, uh, now I don't think the ladies of our church will want any meat fixed because they, they fix a meal. Is that a problem? No, she said. Uh, we'll just do vegetarian. So that made it easy. And they almost always had their meeting Friday night. So I told her, well, half of the year that may work, but the other half it won't. So they decided to change the night to Thursday so that it would they could have it the same all the time. Well, about a week ago, they had the first meeting. And my wife and I went. Since we're raising grandchildren, we felt we'd fit in really well. And so uh, we met the people, no prejudice toward us at all, even though they knew that I was the Seventh-day Adventist pastor. And they were eager to learn about, you know, our experience in raising grandchildren. And so we had a, a really good time. You just never know how God will open doors in ways that are not threatening. But as soon as you go to the door and they think you want to give them Bible studies, they, their guard is up, you see. They're watching. They're not sure they want you to talk to them. But medical missionary work opens the doors. And that's why God uh, gave that to us. Then said he unto me, these waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. Now in Bible prophecy, what does the sea represent? People, lots of people, heavily populated areas. And so what we see here is the Adventist church in the last days, and we get like a mighty river that's so deep you can't even uh, walk through it. You have to swim. And as that river goes out into the world and blesses the world, uh, what a change is going to take place. It's going to heal the waters. Now, of course, we know not everybody will be saved, but it's going to bring a tremendous healing impact on all the world. And it shall come to pass that every living thing or everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. So there's life both physically and spiritually in the ministry that God has given to the Adventist church which is the identical ministry that he himself did when he was here upon the earth. So we need to then be watching for those opportunities, and we need to be equipped in different areas so that we can minister to them. For instance, if we don't know how to eat right or how to teach people to eat right, then our ministry is hindered. But if we do then we can offer that help to them. If we know how to give simple treatments, um, you know, it's incredible what water can do. 
In fact, I read in Story of Our Health message about a, uh, a man, he wasn't a physician, but this was many, many years ago, and he somehow found out about uh, the benefits of water, and he established a healing institution, and their only treatment was water. And so people would come from all over the world, and they would be healed by the use of water. And so, of course, the doctors got angry at him, and they would often take him to court. But his argument in the court was, I'm only using water. So, you know, I'm not prescribing or I'm not uh, doing anything but using water. And so he got off the hook every time. I don't know whether they would today, you know, whether a person would today or not. But that was uh, over a thousand years ago that he was doing that. Well, Seventh-day Adventists have been given insight into how to use water and other things like charcoal and so on that... Uh, will bring healing in many, many areas. So if we know how to use that, we uh, can touch a lot of people. And by the river, upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that side, shall grow all trees for meat or for food, whose leaf shall not fade. Neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his month, because their waters they issued out of the sanctuary. And the fruit thereof shall be for food, and the leaf thereof for medicine, which means a remedy. So what we uh, see in this story, uh, parable, I guess you'd call it, in the Old Testament is where the river comes from, comes from the sanctuary, and yet in order for this river to form, he has to get people interested in the medical missionary work. And as people get interested and join, the river keeps expanding, keeps getting deeper and more and more benefit. And notice everybody that's connected to the river has no drought. They have what they need. Uh, the fruit trees bear fruit because they're getting this precious water. And that is to be the experience that everyone who connects in any way with Seventh-day Adventists, even if they're not a member, but they connect with us in some way, they are better off because of their connection with us. And it's not because we're so great, it's because that river is flowing through us to benefit the world. <coughs> In the book Education, page 192, says the springs of heavenly peace and joy unsealed in the soul by the words of inspiration will become a mighty river of influence to bless all who come within its reach. Ultimately, what we do, what we practice, comes from the Word of God. And so here in this quotation, 
It pictures the word of God through the living instrument becomes this mighty river. We have, I think, put too much emphasis on knowledge instead of action. And because we focused on knowledge, we want to give the knowledge to people, which there's a place for that, but that wasn't the main thing. <coughs> the main thing was that the word would change us. It would make us like Jesus. We would love people like Jesus loves them, and they would see the word through us, through the way we act, through how we treat them, through the help that we want to give them. And that's what will cause them to appreciate the word because eventually they'll learn where we got it from and it will cause them to uh, love the word. Let the youth of today, the youth who are growing up with the Bible in their hands, become the recipients and the channels of its life-giving energy. And what streams of blessing would flow forth to the world? So the best group that we have is the youth. Because if they get the picture in their youth, what a blessing it is. I think I mentioned last time uh, I was asked by ASI to uh, be in charge of the Youth for Jesus project. This is a project where uh, young people from 15 to 19 go in July and they get training how to be a missionary and they carry on the full aspect of an evangelistic series. They do the preaching, they do the health talks, they, d they assist at least in the Bible studies and they, they take part in every aspect. Now, we got eight young people to join us. We had more, but so they backed out, so we ended up with eight, which turned out to be the perfect number, actually. And so God was in control of that. Out of the eight, three of the young people decided to get baptized because of their involvement in this project. And as a result of their ministry, they are going to see about five or seven others get baptized. Ne not this coming Tuesday, but the one after. At least that's the way it's looking right now. This coming Tuesday? That's right, it is this coming Tuesday. So, you know, if young people, and that's, that's the purpose for the project, if young people can get interested in working for God, what a blessing it is. They can work the rest of their life in working for God. What streams of blessing would flow forth to the world? Now, he takes people at any age uh, who want to work for him, but he especially likes to get the youth. Going on, it says, influences of whose power to heal and comfort we can scarcely conceive. So we can, you know, dream about what it would accomplish, and it will accomplish more. 
than what we can drink. Rivers of living water, fountains springing up unto everlasting life. Doesn't that sound wonderful? From Christian Service, page 133 and 4, says medical missionary work and the gospel ministry are the channels through which God seeks to pour a constant supply of his goodness. Now, these two aspects are to work closely together because they both are extremely valuable in the advancement of God's work. We don't want to just make people healthy sinners. That's not the program. But we often have to approach them from the side of health, and then they get interested in the other. And so the two things go together, and they are the channels through which God seeks to pour a constant supply of his goodness. They are to be as the river of life for the irrigation of his church. And, of course, through the church to the world. But we are to get it first. If we don't have it first, how can we give it to the world? Unfortunately, we find resistance today, but don't worry about that. Just go forward anyway, because the river grows slowly, but it will grow. And we can look to the future when the entire Seventh-day Adventist church will be involved in medical missionary work. And it will uh, finish the work in a very short time. Now, just to give you an idea of some ways that you can get involved. Number one, teaching how to have good health. Now, it could be that some of you have to learn before you can teach. So that's okay. There's plenty of information and you know, the most accurate information is in the sphere of prophecy, the writings of Ellen White. God knew that the instruction of the world would be mixed. And it's hard to figure out what is correct and what is false. You can read anything supporting anything out there. And how do you know what's true? But in the writings of Illinois, everything is true, and it explains how to be healthy, and that's the best way to learn, I believe. Second, <coughs> teaching how to prepare healthy food. If you already know how to do that, <coughs> you will be able to find people who want to learn how to do that. And so it opens up a door for you. If you don't know, then find somebody who does know and learn from them. There's also uh, the need to build lifestyle centers. Uh, in the Spirit of Prophecy, it calls them uh, sanitariums. 
But we changed the use of that name because in today's world, most people don't know what a sanitarium is. They think it's a mental institution because some of the sanitariums have become a mental institution or a, a nursing home, which some of the sanitariums have become nursing homes. So we kind of ruined the name at 75 minutes, but the, the name lifestyle is recognized quite well today. And that's why I say building lifestyle centers and they can be small. I mean, if you have a house with two or three extra bedrooms, uh, you can do it right in the home. There's people doing this all over the world and uh, other ones that you know might have eight or 10 and then there's bigger ones like Wildwood that has room for about 30, uh, 25 to 30. Number four, setting up restaurants. There needs to be a lot more good places to eat. And uh, we've had some conversions out of our restaurant. Unfortunately, the new management closed it down. But uh, for many, many years, Wildwood had a restaurant. Uh, Uchi Pines has one, and there are always conversions out of that and people that just love the food, and they love to come in and fellowship there. Then there is the production of health foods. If you know how to make up good recipes and you can put it in a jar or a can or something, uh, or you can bake it, you know, there will be an interest for almost any product that is produced. And this is all things that the Spirit of Prophecy tells us we need to be doing. And then, if you're not a physician, you still can visit the sick. And, uh, you know, they are, or anyone that has uh, difficulties and problems to face, it's always encouraging to have somebody visit them. And sometimes you can make suggestions of things that will be helpful to them if you know. Councils on uh, Christian Service, page 134. Let our ministers who have gained an experience in preaching the word learn how to give simple treatments and then labor intelligently as medical missionary evangelists. So if a pastor is supposed to do this, any member can do it because today pastors are not trained at all in, in the area. We've separated the training for physicians from the training of pastors, which really wasn't supposed to be. Uh, pastors were to have a health training and physicians were to have a spiritual training because really uh, that's the full ministry that we have. Since we haven't had all that, we especially need to work together. The ones that are better in the gospel area and the ones that are better in the health area, we need to work together. But still, there is a place for simple activities, uh, and that's where even the pastor is to know how to give simple treatment. We close with this. 
Councils on Diets and Foods, page 455. We have come to a time when every member of the church should take hold of medical missionary work. How many? Every member. So I hope you're going to join me. I hope the river will increase from some of you here. Now, some are already, I'm sure, involved. But every member is to be involved. The world is a laser house filled with victims of both physical and spiritual disease. Everywhere, people are perishing for lack of a knowledge of the truths that have been committed to us. Now, today, because of a number of factors, people have built walls around themselves, and it's hard to get near them. But we have to look at where they are and what they're doing, and we need to go and be there so that we can rub shoulders with them in different ways. And once the prejudice is down, then we can minister a lot more. But to stay separate from them and not, you know, get past those walls, that reduces the number of people that we can influence for good. So that's where medical missionary work comes in, is that we are able to become secret agents and we relate with them on something else that they are interested in, by the way. Uh, lots of people are interested in health. And so we can approach them on that. And eventually, you know, they hear about some of the others. And we're able to do a lot more good. So God is looking for every one of you to be a part of that mighty river. <laughs>